think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time for our second half of our show today, uh, breaking down the Pittsburgh Steelers 41-37 loss to the Los Angeles Chargers. I am Michael Beck, joined with Dave Schofield and Jeffrey Benedict. Uh, talk about one of the positive plays here uh, throughout the game. Seems like the Steelers punt block unit has uh, has really kind of come to life this year. It's It's been impressive to get two. Typically, you don't even get one throughout an entire season, but so far the Steelers through 10 games have gotten two blocks, and it's been Miles Killebrew that's always been uh, sniffing around uh, that those punters. So, Dave, I'm just curious uh, what uh, what your thoughts are on Danny Smith uh, and his uh, his units uh, this so far this year. There's definitely been a roller coaster effect, but the punt team seems to have done uh, pretty well. Yeah, that the the punt block that was a big play. Um, I saw on Twitter. I think it was Brooke Pryor shared a source. It was a, someone else had an ESPN stat that it's the Steelers and the Cowboys are the two teams that each have more than one punt block. They each have two. And there's only been eight in the NFL all season. So between those two teams, they have half of them. Um, so that's pretty impressive. I'm not even sure that Killebrew was the guy that was supposed to, you know, because generally when you line up to do a punt block is that you're trying to scheme to get one or two guys in there where the guys up front are doing something to make the defenders move in a certain way not the defenders, the the off the the punting team move in a certain way, so that way some person can get through um, clean. That was always our um, the way we did pun block when I was coaching high school, and I don't know the Kilbrew was that guy on that play because I I'm not even sure who it was on the outside that that caused 
that the that the up man had to step to, and it just allowed Killebrew to come right up through. He just made a great effort, squeeze through, and get up there, play to, to get it done. I wish he could have finished off the touchdown himself, but uh, at least they eventually got the seven points. Yeah, eventually they did get those points <laughs> on the board. Thank goodness. Uh, after that, uh, before the flag was uh, first called, Killebrew looked uh, pretty upset uh, on the sideline. That uh, that sideline shot of him, uh, that was definitely noticeable. But, uh, Jeffrey, I'm curious your thoughts on that play alone. It seemed to kind of change the tide of the game for at least a couple minutes. Uh, do you think that was a big momentum swing in this, in this, uh, in this game? Well, first I have to confess, I was I, – I've been seeing the punt block. I what? left. I went, I went to the bathroom. I was just like, I was upset. I was just like, you know what? I'm out. I'm going to the bathroom. And then when I came back, it there was nothing. They didn't they didn't replay it again. At least if they replayed it again, I didn't see it after the point that I came back. So I completely missed it. Uh, but it's it is those plays are enormous. Those plays are enormous. They get they get both your offense and your defense fired up. Normally, if you make a big play on defense, it gets the offense fired up. If you make a big play on offense, it gets the defense fired up. You make a big play on special teams, it fires everybody up. Uh, and I, I often think special teams is the – when you have a big play on special teams, it kind of affects the game for several drives after that. The momentum just swings hard. And it happened. They did it. It, it worked. It just, you know, then it – then it comes to an end and the other team kind of gets their groove back. Which eventually did happen. And of course, after that punt block led to a bit of a goal line stand, of course, as we mentioned earlier, the Steelers did punch it in thereafter. But in the first half of the game, the Steelers were not able to punch in uh, the football when they were uh, within the five-yard line of the Los Angeles Chargers. Four plays in a row, they were stuffed. Uh, including a shovel pass to Pat Farmuth that I think everyone on the planet knew was coming the second he started in motion. Uh, I, I see it's one of the few offensive plays that I'm like, oh, that's going to be – when they lined up, I'm like, this is the shovel pass inside of the Farmuth. Yeah, I, I saw it when it happened. I'm like – so you know they had to know it was coming. Oh, yeah, it was, it was obvious. Like the second he started to move, you knew it, that was the play or maybe some sort of fake off it, but it, it definitely looked like that uh, shovel pass. Uh, Dave, in hindsight, uh, would you have taken the points there or would you have uh, want to completely flip the script of uh, how the Steelers tried to uh, run their red zone offense? Ooh, my, I'm going to back it up a play. I'm, I'm going to give kind of a Dave answer. Um, Classic. I, I, don't, I don't go for that on fourth down based on the play I ran on third down. If you know you're going to go for it on fourth down, if you don't get anything, then you don't run the play you ran on third down that you're going you're going two passes. I would have still been trying to run the ball there and because it was what on the two yard line. Even if you only get halfway there, then you're then fourth and one. I mean fourth and two. You know they had to throw it. I mean, of course they're going to motion not Najee out of the backfield because you on fourth and two you you. you you don't even feel like you can run it on third and two. You can run it. So I didn't like that. If they were going to go for it on fourth down, what they did on third down, that's just, but this is also me talking about it after the fact. So I, I will also say that uh, I like the aggression, but then again, at the same time, you got to say, Hey, if we don't get it, well, at least we got them pinned at the two yard line. Yeah. And, and, and it, we saw what happened. That was the problem. I understand. You're like, if not, then we, we're going to make them go 98 yards. They made 98 yards look like nothing. 
That was the that was the problem. So yard this, run on first down from the two yard line. Yes, yes. So that was part of it as well. Is why it was so bad. I so I understand why they're like, hey, if we're really going to need to to do something, it's kind of like. Heaven forbid I bring it up again. It's kind of like the fake field goal, okay? You don't go for that in a game where if, if that was fourth and two in a game at Heinz Field and you're favored, you kick the, the you get the three points. But if you're, you know, on the road, underdog, I don't mind you trying to trying to, to squeeze out some extra points there. I like the philosophy. I just didn't like if if they were going to do it, what they how how those two plays played out. Now, Jeffrey, I'm going to get you to save me from going on a rant of my own here. On that third down play, they threw the the fade. Uh, I believe it was to Chase Claypool, uh, and it was just it was just uh, abysmal abysmal from the start. Uh, what are your thoughts on fades uh, on the goal line? It, it just doesn't seem to ever have uh, really worked for the Steelers, aside from a couple to Antonio Brown for whatever reason, the shortest receiver to run a fade to. But it just doesn't seem like a play that works. But uh, I'm curious your thoughts on uh, the fade at, at the goal line. Well, that, that was, uh, if I'm right, that was an RPO. And basically, Ben Roethlisberger's read is, if it's one-on-one with Chase, cool, Chase Claypool and everyone else is in the box, you throw it to Chase. And if everyone's, and if, you know, there's, if he has any safety help out there at all or anyone out there, then you hand it off to Najee. Uh, I believe that's what went on there. And so the, the right read was to throw to Chase Claypool. Is you had a really physical defense. Chase Claypool wasn't able to get to the sideline very quickly, and the ball was a little too far outside for it. I understand the play call. It's just I it's it's one of those things that seems to be getting predictable. Like the stuff Matt Canada ran, it's he's added a lot of neat wrinkles, but it seems like it's kind of getting predictable. And that is something we saw him in college have, have happen. And one of the reasons I said over the summer when I was doing my Chase Claypool articles and I'm trying to stay on this is Matt Canada's offense works when you can run up the middle of the field. When you have an offensive line that is you're able to gain yards up the middle and teams are having to really jam the box to focus on that, that's when Matt Canada's offense shines, which is why the Steelers went out and invested in run blockers and brought in Trey Turner, you know, because you you can have that. They, I mean, when they drafted... Kevin Dotson, last year they had Matt Canada. He, like he, he's on the team. They knew what they were doing. They knew what they needed to do is get run blocking in the middle for Matt Canada's offense to work. And when that, when the other teams don't have to respect that run up the middle, everything else starts to fall apart. And I also want to bring up that fourth down play, the shovel pass. Uh, if I'm correct on that one too, that's the Ben Roethlisberger has two, maybe three reads on that play. And there is the throw to Najee, right? That's a legit option he has. And if he doesn't have that, he can throw, uh, he he does the the shovel pass. And I I I think the shovel pass was the wrong throw there. Looking at I've got to, I've got to get a better angle. I've got to get better views of it. Probably when you know all 22 comes out, I might revisit it just simply because I don't think that was the right read there. They had that absolutely destroyed from the start. They were they were really jamming that. And if you've got Najee Harris one-on-one with somebody out in the flats, you take it. But I also want to say a couple more things about that, if you don't mind me jumping back in, Michael. Go for it. Go for it. When they did that play to Claypool, that was the matchup they were going at all night. 
They were going yeah. after Asante Samuel Jr. That's what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And that's why they did that there, because they were trying to go against that matchup. So um, I know a couple of people might have said it in the live chat, but yeah, Chase Claypool falls down a lot. Um, but at the same time, if if Ben can hit him in stride, that's a touchdown, and you don't even have to do anything from the five-yard line, and it's already there. So they're so they're like, Oh, was the was the play calling? Not the, the best thing in the world once you got there. Yeah, but it's also that the players, I mean, you had the right play before that with the guy going open with the right coverage and you didn't execute. I mean, you executed enough to complete it, but if you execute it perfectly, you've already got yeah. your seven points. So it's uh, it's hindsight. Yeah, and this is why. This is why that exact reason why like these these slightly underthrown balls by Ben the the run blocking just not good enough. This team is a team with zero margin for error. Like really, they have such a small margin for error because they can't mm -hmm. capitalize on these opportunities. They, I mean, Chase Claypool's running free, and he has to stop and come back for the ball. Like that's. I mean, it reminded me of the of the Super Bowl 40 touchdown throw from Antoine Randall. But Antoine Randall was a wide receiver. You know, Heinz Ward had to slow yeah. down, come back for that ball. But that's a wide receiver throwing the ball. Like this is this is bad. You know, this is and this is really this is this story of kind of the story of this season and last season is Ben's just not that guy anymore that can dominate a game for the whole game. He can do it for a while. He can get up and, and get going. But it's it's not like it used to be. It's not what it was. Uh, I see in the live chat here, and I, I think we need to bring up uh, Mike Tomlin. There's a, a lot of slander kind of being thrown his way, which I, I really don't think is fair in this situation. Uh, the Steelers playing extremely undermanned on defense. Uh, the offensive line, especially the rookies, were bullied a lot, especially with the injuries at guard as well, uh, with Hagen Hassenhauer, especially losing Hassenhauer, your backup guard. It, things went downhill fast in the O-line. You didn't have Najee Harris for parts of uh, your crunch time offense. The The personnel was just not there. And really, I think a lesser team probably just their tents get folded. And they probably lose 14 to 10. The Steelers made one heck of a game out of this and had a real shot to win it. A game I really thought they had no business being in whatsoever. And I give a lot of that credit to Coach Tomlin. Dave, would you agree with that? Is, is uh, this Coach Tomlin's uh, fingerprints on why the Steelers were competitive? Or are you agreeing with uh, some of the members of the live chat? I I just think I, I don't understand why everyone instantly turns to the coaches. Oh, you know, and I've I've seen conflicting things. It's like, oh, the student, you know, Kevin Colbert did a terrible job this offseason compiling a, a quality roster. Well, if it's not a quality roster and the fact that they're above 500, then then it means the coaches are doing a good job. You know, you can't have it both ways. I mean, is it that the Steelers, is it that the coaches are so bad and the players are so good? Or is it that the player, you know, that the players are so bad, therefore the coaches are so good? You know, maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe it's one or the other, but I mean, it can't be everything. And this is just, you know, one of those exhausting, you know, Steeler fan takes thing that's just sometimes can just wear you down. It's it's like could the coaching have been better? Sure. Name me a time where it couldn't have been. You know, that's really tough to, to say because you're in a very, you know, it's kind of like, what, could the officiating have been better? You know, it's always, it always could be better than what it is. The question is, you know, tonight, I, I honestly didn't really have a problem with the officiating. I mean, some people didn't like they picked up that pass interference flag, but 
I don't think they th should have thrown that one in the first place, but that was just me. Um, so it's just, you can't, you can't have it both ways. You don't want to just, you know, make excuses because of this, but I mean, my goodness, you were, you were missing more, more quote unquote hardware on the defense between all pros and pro bowls in the three players that weren't out there than what some defenses have for their entire defense. I said it in the first half. So you can't take that, take that, those kind of players out of the equation and say, well, you should have had an answer. You know what? There's not Joe Hayden's on every street corner that you can just plug in. There is TJ Watt is a generational talent. You know, 31 other teams wish that they had him. You can't just automatically plug somebody in that's as good as him. It doesn't work that way. There aren't, there's not two other TJ Watts in the, you know, two other players on the level of TJ Watt in this league. You can't have all three of them. You, you just can't do it. And yes, you want to try to do something and try to do something, but I mean, to, to build to the strengths of your players. But tonight, watching that defense as someone who used to coach, it brought back terrible flashbacks of, of stories that I've shared before of, you know, opening game of the season, we didn't hardly have any practices because uh, our head coach didn't didn't let us start when we were supposed to. Um, the and I just look at my look at my play sheet and I'm like, there's nothing I have here that these players can actually do, and that's what that defense felt tonight. Like it doesn't matter what you do out there, the players that you have on the field are not going to be able to get it done. Yeah, it's hard to point the finger at a bunch of guys that you generally like. Oh, who's number sixty one? Who's number eight? Who's number 50? It's really hard to point the finger at Mike Tom and be like, hey, you know what? Uh, he didn't put them in a good enough position. These guys shouldn't be playing in the NFL. They're like, they, they, they're, they can be on their practice squad, so no problem. But when you look at the Steelers' depth chart and you, you look at their, their roster throughout the offseason, my goodness, these guys, these guys weren't even there. They're like the 12th guys on the depth chart if you want to bring it all the way back to training camp. And we want to throw Mike Tallman under the bus for injuries and COVID and just all the problems that this team has personnel-wise. It just isn't fair. It's and, like starting Cam Kelly at safety against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And that's why you trade for Minka Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Oh, oh no, there's Jeffrey? a flashback. Am I, I was going to say, am I right? Oh, <laughs> so, no, that's, a, that's a bad flashback. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that exactly was a one heck of a rough game. Now, J Jeffrey, I I, I kind of wonder <laughs> for you, I'll flip it a little bit, like the rest of kind of the, the big three coaches, of course, being uh, uh, Danny Smith and Keith Butler and Matt Canada. From a coaching perspective, how would you rate the other three guys that weren't the, the head man uh, in this game? Uh, this, this was, in my opinion, okay, and I've defended Matt Canada a lot in other games. This was his worst game, uh, and, and part of that is because they couldn't run it. They can't run up the middle. If you, and that's one of the problems with Matt Canada is his offense is designed around one thing, and if you can't do that thing, his offense kind of falls apart. And that was his problem in college. That's where that's where he got in trouble into college. And when he was successful, is when he could run. This team wasn't running well. Najee Harris got hurt. Like the thing. The last two games with with Dotson, but since Dotson has been out, this offense just, you know, kind of just poops itself. Uh, so this to me, it was his worst game. Danny Smith, uh, look, Danny Smith's coverage teams are usually really good. Uh, we had a really bad game against Detroit. It was nice to see them kind of get back and do something better against, you know, again in this game. 
Keith Butler, I, I don't I don't even know what to say. Like that that was a nightmare of a game. I, he he's probably gonna take a lot of it on himself and be like, oh, I need to coach better, but like who who are you coaching better? I would actually like like we were saying, like I've seen stuff in here about uh Cam in the live chat about Cam Hayward playing his heart out. Some other guys played their hearts out too. Isaiah Bugs had one of his best games I've seen him have. He really played like as good as you can expect Isaiah Bugs to play. And Tyson Aluwalu on an average week would have been significantly better. That's just that's just how that works. Number number fifty. I, I I'm never going to remember his name, and I'm not really going to even try because uh, he shouldn't be out there. He played his heart out. There were he was like he's he was hustling. He was working hard. He was like flinging himself through people, like full tilt. Just whatever he could do, it wasn't enough. It's not going to be enough. He's not TJ Watt. It's not going to be enough. That's why he's not starting. That's why he's not a backup. That's why he's not supposed to be on the field. They, they played their hearts out. They tried. And they came close. Just not close enough. You know, they didn't get good enough. Close doesn't count in football. But they they pulled it pretty close. And, yeah, and really, I, I don't know if we need to go any further into it, but I think the coaches generally did as much as they possibly could with the shell of a team they brought across the country and put up a hell of a fighting chance. Can if. One other thing, Jeffrey mentioned that about, you know, Matt Canada's worst game as a play caller, which which still might be. I still think it was better than any game that was called last year, um, but that's just me. Um, and you said that they couldn't run it up the middle and everything. You also got to remember, I mean, he was he was like we are now. He was looking at Ben Roethlisberger through a computer screen this week, you know? Yeah. So you're trying to, to get that game plan and, you know, try to try to – to cover for all that. I mean, I'm not making excuses. It's still the NFL. You still got to go out. You still got to win. So I'm not saying it's like, oh, it's okay that they lost because it's, I'm not. But you have to say that they had an awful lot they had to overcome, and they almost did. And speaking of another player that we haven't uh, chatted, uh, I don't know if we chat enough about uh, this evening, is Alex Highsmith. He, he had a sack and a half. I, I thought he's been stringing a, a couple of decent games together, especially after T.J. Watt went down uh, last week. I, I thought Highsmith has stepped up to a degree. Uh, Jeffrey, I'll start with you on this. W- would you agree with that? Has he uh, has stepped up his play? I, 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 I'm i going to mm. – You can say it. Okay, Cam, Hi, Alex Highsmith always looks good on film, but he never gets stats. T.J. Watt is out. Alex Highsmith gets stats. This is the same way Bud Dupree and Cam Hayward gets got stats uh, when T.J. Watt would have off games or they would really focus on him. It's because look at the time Justin Herbert – Justin Hebert took the throw. Look at the time he took the throw. When T.J. Watt's in there, your clock is shorter. Alex Highsmith, to make a play, has less time to get there because that quarterback is – T.J. Watt's coming. Right, TJ Watt gets sacks because he gets to the quarterback first. When he's not in there, he's taking a little longer. Alex Highsmith was making plays, but Alex Highsmith played as good a game as he always does. It's just he had opportunity to make plays because the quarterback wasn't getting rid of the ball trying to avoid TJ Watt. That is my opinion on it. Uh, Highsmith always puts good film on tape, he always looks good. Um, he just TJ Watt's beating him to the play. 
Yeah, no, that's uh, that definitely makes things a little bit harder uh, when you're a pass rusher, when someone else is so much better at uh, the same job you're doing when uh, they're, you're both on the field at the same time. But Dave, I, I'm curious uh, your thoughts on Highsmith's development and uh, how he's kind of come to his own as one of the better players on the field, especially in this game. Uh, yeah, I mean, he had a sack and a half. The other half sack they gave to Taco Charlton, um, which other than that, I wouldn't have known he was on the field. Um Unfortunately, uh, sorry, <laughs> Jeffrey's like, Ouch. Hey, I will defend Tongo Charlton <laughs> yeah. for one thing. There was a really, really nice uh stunt he ran with Cameron Hayward where he actually took out two Good. people, yeah. and got Cameron Hayward free. That was a really nice play, and, and that, that's what I noticed, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, Alex Highsmith, I feel, has been doing a nice job with whatever the Steelers have needed him to do this season, and you know, Jeff, I love what Jeffrey's saying about the whole notion of the quarterbacks not getting the ball as get, getting rid of the ball as quick with TJ Watt in there and, you know, not in there. Or I'm, it's, oh my goodness, it's almost 1 a.m. in the morning. No wonder I can't keep this straight. But Alex Highsmith isn't asked to do the exact same thing when TJ Watt is on the field. So it's all about doing what the Steelers need him to do within their defense. And when, and when TJ Watt's not out there, we need you to try to be TJ Watt. And the fact that they quote unquote changed his role. And we talked about this with the whole Trey Norwood thing, you know, sometimes to, to adjust somebody's role like that doesn't, doesn't build to their strengths. And I think with Alex Highsmith having to, to do that, because remember the other game, TJ Watt was out. So was Alex Highsmith. So when Alex Highsmith was out there being asked to, to do more of what TJ Watt does, I think he did a good job. So therefore, he's even more versatile than what we have with some other players um, when you think about that, that he could do uh, other things. I know Jeffrey's dying to say something. Yeah, actually, I want to jump in on this because it's something I wanted to talk about. Uh, when, we, when we've talked about that with Cameron Hayward, when Tuit and Watt and, and everyone's in, Cameron Hayward is assigned a different role. Than he is. He's not brushing yeah. the passer. He's mostly doing contain. Bud Dupree last year did a lot when he would played with TJ Watt, mostly just contained the pocket. That was his job. And they were fantastic at it. And quarterbacks never got out of the pocket, right? When TJ Watt is playing and Cam Hayward and Alex Highsmith, usually one of Cam Hayward or Alex Highsmith is doing contain, right? They are containing the pocket. TJ Watt is crashing it. This game, there's no TJ Watt. Like Dave said, this is what triggered Dave's over here uh dave <laughs> they changed high highsmith's role and he was going after the quarterback more and what did we see what happened when they didn't get those sacks home there was no contain and justin hebert rushed for 93 90. yards yep. 90 yards i think in the end i think he lost three yards he lost three uh, yards in the kneel downs dave do you know how many how many quarterbacks since uh, since 1970, have ran for more yards than Hebert did in this game Herbert. against the Steelers. Um, you mean against the Steelers? How many quarterbacks have have ran for more than 90 yards against the Steelers? Yeah, since 1970. Five, one, one. Terrell Pryor on that Terrell one run. Pryor? Terrell Pryor, and that's the only one. He tied Steve McNair's 1997 90-yard game. Wow. Like, and if he hadn't lost three, like he was at one point, he was 14 yards. I'm like, there's a, there's almost a whole quarter left. And he's 14 yards from setting the record for the most rushing yards by a quarterback since 1970. 
Like that that's crazy, but it speaks exactly to what Dave is talking Dave is talking about. Uh <laughs> that Alex Highsmith changed roles, TJ Watt wasn't there, and the Steelers had zero pocket contain. And they like the they even said in the broadcast, he was looking at it. if it's too deep, he's just running. Yeah. Like he's just he's straight up like got this and running. So we are rapidly approaching uh, the, the top of the hour here. Are there any topics that uh, we haven't got to that he, the two of you want to get in on, or is there uh, any closing thoughts that we should move on to now? Anyone? I'm, any I'm sure Jeffrey has a topic he's ready to. No, I'm good. that was actually that was actually the mm-hmm. one I really wanted to make sure I covered. And I nearly <laughs> didn't do it. Yeah, that. So, but to ask him, and the main thing I wanted to cover was, boy, would I've loved to have seen the Steelers. Last field goal, quote unquote, drive wasn't really a full drive. Um, if you know, I mean, it it counts as the drive. Um, <laughs> if if Najee Harris would have been in the game, you know, if yeah. they would have had him available, how they would have played it and how it would have ended up. And I mean, and this is we're we're sitting here and we're trying to calm down people in the live chat that want to fire everyone and they want you know, and the, and the Steelers aren't going to win another another game the rest of the season and all these other things. I'm like. Do you realize that this team that was down 17 points going into the fourth quarter and hadn't forced a punt going into the fourth quarter almost won this game and actually had a three-point lead um, in, in the final minutes? I mean, and but that just goes to show you how things go in the NFL. One play, one play goes your way. And the thing is, the Steelers did have a couple good plays go their way. They got the Cam Hayward, bat the ball in the air, and a player was able to get to it in, in Cam Sutton. How many times have we seen a, a ball bat in the air and no one could get to it? So they had that play go their way. They got the punt block. You know, you know, I still say they made it themselves, but they got that play to go their way and things like that. But they needed one more. They needed one more or they needed one less to go the Chargers way on the from the defensive side of the ball where just everything fell right for them to make a play. It felt like the Steelers needed needed a little bit of luck um in this game and they didn't get enough luck when the Chargers were just or their offense was just going out there and doing what they had to do to get it done. Absolutely. Jeffrey, your closing thoughts for this evening. I'm guessing those are your closing thoughts. Oh, yeah, that's my closing thoughts. <laughs> well, actually, actually, I have I have I do have a closing thought here. I saw it in the live chat. Someone was talking about this team uh doesn't seem to run to the ball very well. And you see a lot of players behind the play jogging. And if you watch old clips of the Steelers defense, even just a, even even last year, you've got guys behind the play hustling, running up in case someone slows them down, they can make a play. And I think that speaks to a defense that we're seeing doesn't really believe in itself all the time. That they know, they know the talent they're missing. And they, while they step up at times and they play great sometimes, there's a lot of players on this team that just kind of, they they don't think they're going to pull it off, right? And that's a big difference in a football team. I, I think we're starting to see this team knows they're not that good. And they don't really believe they're going to win a lot of these games, and that's that's going to that's that's where you really start to slip. That's where you start to see a team that, to this point, in my opinion, has outplayed the talent on their roster. Now they're kind of not, and I and I because they're well, I mean, also the talent's not there, and and I think we're going to see that be a problem where they're they're not hustling, they're not gang tackling. It's not one person misses a tackle, but there's someone else right there, which is what we're used to seeing. 
now it's someone misses a tackle and the guy's gone for 20 more yards. Yeah, and that's becoming an increasingly uh, problematic issue for this team that they need to get figured out ASAP here, as well as that tackling. Uh, both uh, things go hand in hand. Uh, Dave, to completely put you on the spot, but I know you're really good at doing it, uh, uh, plugging the site and the podcast platform for the people. Oh, I sure I can do that. Make sure, okay, this is, it's, it, it, it's a loss, but you know what? By Tuesday, it's going to be on to week 12. Uh, is how it is, and that's and that's how we are here at behind the steel curtain. We'll have we'll have our podcast, we'll have our wrap up podcast uh, that that we'll be having with this, and then we'll be moving on on to week twelve, just like we always are. At same as behind the steel curtain dot com, it's your one stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Make sure you're checking out everything there on the editorial side. We'll get various you know film breakdowns and things like that from Jeffrey. We'll talk about snap counts. We'll talk about player grades. We'll have comment to everything to wrap this up and then to move on to the Bengals. That's what we do as the Steelers have to do. And make sure if you're only here, I know there's a lot of people that are here for the post game show. We have, we're on YouTube and Facebook live every day. We have a show every day. Now this week, I I'm pretty sure it's not going to be one on Thanksgiving that we're going to have two on Wednesday instead. But that's just because um, well, I don't know unless the Canadian wants to go on Thanksgiving since <laughs> they already had theirs in October. Um, sorry. Um, so make not make wrong. sure you subscribe to the channel and you get that notification when we go live. But if you're only catching us on YouTube and Facebook, you're missing so much of the audio content that we have out there. I mean, Jeff Hartman will have his Let's Ride Winners and Losers on on Monday morning and ready for that. And he's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Michael's live Mike on Tuesday, on Tuesday, followed by Jeffrey's um, cutting room floor. That's part of the noon lineup that we now have every, every day of the week. I have the stat geek Thursday morning. We've got all kinds of great things. What you can talk about. Got to throw a quick plug in. Yes. It was from before the game, but if you didn't catch what you didn't talk about, you got to go in. They had Mario Lopez. They had AC Slater on the show for, for a nice good, funny Steeler story that he told there. If you didn't check that out, you've got to go check out our podcast, uh, go to what Ian's talking about and, and check that out. So there's so much content out there. And I know, you know, maybe stats aren't your thing. Maybe it's, it's something else. So, but we have something for everybody. All you have to do is be a Steelers fan and, 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 and we have something to offer. So make sure you check it out, both the audio and, and the fun live chat stuff that we do, as well as BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. See, and that's why I throw it to Dave Schofield, because <laughs> there's no one better in the business than Mr. Schofield himself. So with all that being said, let's put a bow on this uh, show. Thank you for tuning in for Dave Schofield and Jeffrey Benedict. My name is Michael Beck. Uh, the Steelers got another game next week against the Cincinnati Bengals, AFC North football. I'm excited for it uh, because we're getting back into the kitchen as Mike Tomlin likes to say. So uh, we will talk to you guys after that game. Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.